I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Craig Custance with the Athletic Hockey Show. Fame. He's back, folks. He was eating tape at the NFL Combine last oh, week. So much tape, so much tape eating, and I got <laughs> timed in the forty. Oh, well, I clearly don't listen to the show when you're not on it. Me and Shapiro joked for fifteen minutes about you running the forty. Seriously? Yeah, I said you would do it just a shade under eight seconds. Like, what's a good, like, what's a legit, I don't not know. embarrassing time? Oh, hold on, let me. Again, we're we're pros at this. Uh, I'm joined by Sean Gentili. This is the. I'm just gonna let me just run through the particulars blah, blah, of the podcast. Blah, 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 That's Sean Gentili. Blah, blah. Uh, we have Eric Talski, assistant GM of the Carolina Hurricanes, on as the guest today, and we're going to talk about Eric in a second here. But no, back to what a, the important topic of the day. Everybody's talking about what's a good forty time for a forty year old <laughs> dad the, in the NFL Combine, and also what's a good cone drill time? Oh, I don't know any of how that. How big were how big were those hands? Let's go with the full measurables. Um, I I think I could do it in under six seconds. Is that good? No, Bad? I don't. You don't think I could? No. Oh, oh no. wow. Okay. What it like? What's Rich Eisen's? Oh yeah, whatever Rich what's is. Rich yeah, that's time? our that's our comparable. Like whatever Rich is doing it, I'm slower than. That's 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 your comparable. I'm really fast. Are you? Are you fast? I wouldn't say I'm fast. This is okay. See, this is this is this is BS because they're making you watch it. Oh, you got to like watching. They're making it's you, for charity. Oh no, wait. You know what? Actually, you know what? Six six seconds seems like seems like the most. Okay. Like Eisen Eisen is around there. I'll do it. My my son wanted to time himself in the forty. Anyways, he's actually he's an actual athlete doing athletic things right now in life. So I mm-hmm. will. Um, I'll see if I can get the sundial out. See we'll see how we'll see how long that lasts. That what the the forty or this idea? <laughs> Calvin doing athletic things. <laughs> He's got a few year, few years left before he realizes that there's more to life than 
Uh, he's in a fun. He's like obsessed with the draft. So he was like, "Hey, when you go to go to Indy, where I was, just for like I, I could have been anywhere. I was in a hotel for three days, like in meetings and conference rooms. But he was like, can you know see if you check out this person and see? And I'm like, Cal, I'm, I'm not going to do that, buddy. Hyatt Regency <laughs> conference room. Like I'm trying to figure out what steakhouse I'm going <laughs> to eat at. <laughs> What indie steakhouse I'm, I'm going to eat at. But as we've talked about in the past, because I'm so trained to see everything through a hockey lens, um, and I when I'm in, I don't know if we talked about this on air, but I know I, you and I, like when I'm in the airport, I just, everybody is like a person in the hockey universe because I'm, con- as a reporter, we're constantly looking for people to talk to, I think, or stalk. You, yeah, you I think, more than yeah, most I think it's kind just of exist in that. Yes. Like you have the, um, you have the, the T-1000 like laser scanner yeah. where you're like agent, agent, I'm agent, just constantly you know? looking for, because there's so much of like it's, it's events and GM meetings and board of governors. That's all you, you're like staring. You're like, Oh, quick, good. There's Pat Brisson and you hustle over and corner mm-hmm. him and poor Pat. Did anybody, I, I wish, I, I wish there was like a VO2 max drill or whatever those guys, whatever those guys do, the drill that makes everybody throw up on the treadmill. <laughs> they should do that. They should do that with NFL, with, with uh, NFL prospects too. Well, Lindsay Barra did that for the – so, she said she did the proper NHL. Oh. So, what I was going to say, so, I'm in this NFL world where I'm now tra- using my, uh, you know, identification skills. So, like, I literally saw John Chica in a Patriots jacket, like, walking down the street. Now, it wasn't because I'm just my, – my dumb monkey brain is, <laughs> like, oh, is that's transferring. <laughs> but I'm like, why is John Ch- – now, also, he might be. We don't know. Yeah, that. you know I why? Should, He's got ask. some – He's got some free time. It could be. What else? I can, what what else does he have to do? Learning from other sports. So yeah. So that was my my. That's my. Uh, that's your NFL Combine minute. And um, <laughs> so I do, I want to talk about Tulski. First of all, mm-hmm. real missed opportunity by us. The, the Sean Gentilly Carolina Hurricanes rivalry. We all know is one of the biggest rivalries in sports. You completely stepped on that. We talked about it coming out of the interview. Yeah, Eric set it up beautifully to like really do a bit at the start of the interview and but i also thought you were a bit cowardly so you asked a couple good questions <laughs> it's because i, I like eric you. you like there was a couple like legit like i was like hey sean like that was really thoughtful and eric um gave a great answer but um i w- you know here here you are the number one critic y- you could have gone any number of directions with your question asking like you know hey you know Maybe have you ever talked to the social media team about toning it down or No, that's not that's not his that's not his Mm, affair. He's got a lot of responsibilities. He does. He's instead it was just a lot of like boy Carolina's the best. I was like (laughs) Boy Carolina's the best. The the on ice stuff that I've talked about with them, it's like, yeah, it was a month ago and I was like, could they maybe use like another another third like another third line scoring option? No. And it turned into a whole a whole thing. I think they're one of the few best teams in the league. There's a That's there's a there's a record of this. You can go back and look. I have them as as the second, third, fourth best team in the league every single week. You Moving said, forward. and I quote: "I'm reading this right mm-hmm. now. This is from October 11th, 2021. The Carolina Hurricanes, unless they address their porous <laughs> defense and lack of depth will never win a Stanley Cup. With the pro scouting department and data and data department led by the coward Eric Tulski. <laughs> so, I just, I thought it was a missed opportunity by you. Otherwise, really good interview with, and Carolina, I mean, just rolling. 
like, good, you know, man. We, we, we talked a little bit. Really, they don't have the money to do anything at the deadline, so they're probably not. And you, you, I don't want to, like, steal anything from Eric's conversation. But also, you know, when you look at their organizational depth, they really, like, they're kind of set. And and so, let, it's just like, let's see what happens with them. I think they, more than any other team, especially when you look at the ones that are at the top of the league and at the top of the Eastern Conference, in a way, I think they're the ones that should do the least. Because that... yeah. That group is clicking in such a way and their cap is structured in such a way where they couldn't really do anything if they didn't take away from it. This isn't a Florida situation where they could add and not really subtract. This is its own thing where they have $900,000 or $1.2 million under the cap or whatever it is. So, they would have to blow something up. Well, I shouldn't say blow something up. They, yeah. they would have to subtract if they wanted to add and I don't know that that makes a ton of sense for them at this point. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I really do. I like what they did. And we talked to Eric about the goaltending a good bit because that's mm-hmm. something that's really gone right. That's something that that team in that front office, they made the right call going in, going into this, going into the season. And there was a lot of valid questions about that. But Freddie Anderson's been good. And Eric spoke about that at length. Yeah, I, I look at them, honestly. I, I And this is true for, for whatever. You could go five or six deep in the East – you're just like if you just port one of those teams over the Western Conference, they would be, they would be, it would be smooth sailing to like a maybe not a Cup final, but you know, let's say a showdown with the Avs, because the depth in the East is is great, and what we're seeing now, especially out of the Western Conference, is like, man, stuff's getting dark early. The 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 Wilder, a wreck, and the and the Golden Knights. Start, I mean, whatever, two straight wins, still not still not quite get it together. I can't watch these games night in and night out and not think like, wow, the West is, you know, a couple a couple rungs down the ladder behind the East. Couple. All right. So before we get to Eric, I'm gonna ask you two quick questions. We'll we'll bang these out and then get to Eric. He was really good. I also like I, I told Sivy he was coming on and I like how she put it. He's she's like, he's so good at explaining complicated things in a clear way. Like yeah. I love that about Eric. Like he sits there and he he'll say, here's here's kind of the mechanisms of how we approach things in, in the front office. And it's just he's I don't want to say understated, but he he is. But then you listen to him, you're like, oh that was really smart. Yeah, it's and, almost like he spent so, a huge chunk of his life literally explaining complicated concepts in a way for people to understand them. Like that was like you would think. That was that was the that was the realm he came out of, right? And I, I think if it, you know Sean I and I at all, we need things explained very, very Right simple. when Eric got uh, you know, right when we, we stopped the record, I asked him for a picture book setup of some of some of the stuff he was talking about. <laughs> like, can you can you can you give us something like Rebus form, please? I'm, I'm I stupid. do want to see it his deck for the, the Blackhawks. Like I would you were angling you were angling for that. Um, all right. So, the two questions I have for you. One, if the Dallas Stars were in the East, mm-hmm. would they even be close to a playoff team? Like, what do you do? How, what's your compass on the Stars? Who I've been now, joking. I've been joking well? all year about how they're a roller coaster team, right? And sometimes it heads up and sometimes it heads down. And they've been on these four game five game bursts in in either direction they're at the point now where it's like (laughs) they've been clicking they're seven two and one in their last 10 they've done some of it without i mean i know jason robertson's on a tear right now he had hat tricks in consecutive games and whatever so this might not be the timeliest bit but there was a stretch last week where it was like pavelski wasn't doing anything and Hintz wasn't doing anything and 
Robertson wasn't doing anything. And they were still finding a way to get points out of these games. And that was the big question surrounding them for really the duration of the season is like how top heavy could they be? Yeah. Are they going to be rely? Are they going to be able to rely on anybody outside of the three forwards and then Miro Haskinen? Like what else do they have? And I think that's kind of what's changed in spots over the last 10 games is that, is that they've gotten bits and pieces from other, from other guys, which was an open question, I think for a big mm-hmm. portion of the season. Um, yeah, you sound like you like the Dallas Stars. I, I'm, I'm surprised they're fun. by this. They're fun. I don't know. I don't know how good they are, but yeah. it's a volatile team. They've been so up and so down, and now like the, the elevator's on the way up, right? It has been. It has been for a little bit, and it's coincided with the Wild falling off, and the Predators mm-hmm. falling off, and the Jets falling way off. Edmonton woke up today outside of the wild card position, like on and on and on. It's the Stars glow up has kind of coincided with other Western teams, like having the wheels wobble on them. So I think part of it is that they're super entertaining. Part of it is that they have improved over the last 10 or 15 games. And then part of it is that they look good by comparison because that group of teams, when you get outside, say Vegas, who people still Mm -hmm. treat as a legit contender, even though they haven't put it all together, there's that whole glut of teams where it's Dallas and it's Nashville and it's, and it's Anaheim and it's maybe the Kings. And like, you're sort of trying to figure out who the best of that bunch is. And I don't know that there's any obvious answer yet. The Kings are in second place in the Pacific division, right? It's, it's, it's nuts. But, but I think the stars are right there. And if nothing else, and I say this in the power rings every single week, they are really fun and I appreciate them for that. And that may not be good for like the blood pressure of stars fans because there's nights where you're just like, what, what is this team? What are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> but they're a blast and I'm, I'm glad they're around. Like if I wouldn't, I, I hope they make the playoffs because a playoff series that involves them could all outcomes could are on the table. So and that's right. Let's, that's right. let's take it. Um, all right. My second question is also we should probably adopt the stars as our Western Conference team. You mentioned like a couple good Americans in there. Like I look, I, I, we should. They're up for consideration. We're just going to put that on the board and think about it for a while. I don't want to rush. Yeah, into it's any fine. We don't have to adoption. We don't decisions. have to. We don't have to jump in anything here. It's March. So I want to. I want to. I want you to close your eyes and imagine you are a diehard Buffalo Sabers fan. You grew up in Buffalo. You got your. I know you have multiple dining meatballs shirts, anyways. <laughs> But, I, you know, I layer, you, you I, every I layer day. up. Yeah. I'm always like at least you two, sometimes three up. deep on, on the Dynamite like Pulse you've, you've got You've had season tickets for years, the second you could afford them as a professional. <laughs> and um, you just, you, you bleed. You bleed Buffalo Sabres. And Jack Eichel on Thursday is coming to town. And you have you're in your seats that you've had for years. You're, you're pulling up and you got your you got your bats blue. No, you wouldn't drink a Canadian beer. No, not there. You got. I'm trying to think what, what Genesee what, what, Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jenny Cream, baby. I don't know. If, I, I, I hope they. I hope they sell that at the rink. That'll be awesome. One of America's uh, great shit beers, Jenny Cream Ale. Oh, we should. We should do our Mount Rushmore <laughs> terrible American beer. Um, Apple Plus yeah. coming soon. <laughs> That's our next Apple Plus bonus episode. And somehow there's a way to subscribe to that. Jack Eichel hits the ice for the first time. Are you cheering him, Sean? Are you booing him? Oh, man. He's going to get booed. 
a lot. Oh, I know. Yeah, he's going to get booed, I think. But I, I want to know what you would do. I was always kind of a softy with that sort of stuff when it happened to me back in my fan days, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I didn't boo Yarmer Yager. And I, when I went and saw him play at the arena when he was with the Caps, like, I, I mean, that's a bad situation for a lot of different reasons. It's also a different situation because he's a much more accomplished player. <clears throat> God bless Jack Eichel, but, you know, Yager had an MVP and he had two cups and there was, he had pelts on the wall that, that Jack didn't when it, when he left Buffalo. But I was never much of a, I was never much of a boo the guy when he, when it, when he comes back. But okay. man, if you put yourself in that position where it's like the Sabres are just whatever, we don't need, we don't need to go into the laundry list of yeah. traumas that that fan base has suffered over the years. I kind of feel like I would make an exception. I think I, I think I might, I think I might boom. It's it's gonna really. I think the, I think he's gonna get cheers. I think he's gonna get a lot of cheers. And yeah. maybe I'm completely wrong here about fans, so. but he, I I think the fact that the team, like the whole medical thing, was a thing, and he wasn't allowed to make the choice to get what he wanted done, and he like I and enough enough fans there are frustrated with the ownership and the franchise where they might go. Jack and they got a good like Alex. They got a good return, so he didn't like screw over the franchise and crabs the process. Are sort of yeah, so now they're the like, you know what, there. Jack, you did what you had to do. It didn't work out. We love you. I think there's going to be more cheers. I've maybe. seen the narrative, the anti-Jack narrative that mm-hmm. you know people have adopted. I think or or come to agree with there, and I, it's not something that I that I buy. Like I like personally the the medical stuff when you introduce that into the mix that sort of tips it over into fully yeah. in, in, into the yeah. in, into the other camp for me but i don't know man there's there's a lot of bad blood and i think some of it is and i think some of it is earned for the way things worked there before the medical stuff happened and i think that's where people have some maybe earned antipathy towards towards jack and i think i i think we're gonna i haven't even thought about what the response would be like until until now I, that's that's gonna be really interesting i typically don't watch pregame stuff right but I, but i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna check in on that one are they gonna do like a video uh can you imagine they're not no way no way here's to murray mad at the Lottery when he didn't get Connor McDavid. Yeah, that's whatever, that's, what, that's where it starts. Is is Tim Murray glaring into into <laughs> in, in, into cameras during the during the just something where everybody looked pissed. Like t- like <laughs> Tim looked pissed. Forty five seconds of just like scowls from Tim Murray from Connor McDavid. Like yeah, that Jack, was major. Michael, that was lemon face from everybody that was involved. Mm-hmm. And it's like what what did you what did you guys think was going to happen? Like. These teams aren't uh, these teams aren't very good. Like you were gonna end up on one of them. Sorry. All right. Let's get to the conversation with Eric Talski. He was great. You're gonna learn something about the process. He he lifts the curtain a little bit on the Blackhawks GM mm-hmm. search. Um, that was pretty transparent, anyway. Surprisingly, and uh, <laughs> yeah, they sent out they sent out text alerts saying who they were interviewing. <laughs> yes, it was going. Uh, so let's let's take a quick break and be joined by Eric. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, 
Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We are now pleased to be joined by a longtime, probably best friend, Eric. Would you say like we're probably we're good friends, yeah, no. acquaintances? We've met no. for sure. No, I like you a lot, Craig. I, you know, you're the best. Thanks. That's what I'm really yeah. what I was getting at. Hopefully here. Well, that's what all this hinges on is that people like Craig. <laughs> yeah, no, so I guess that's yeah. That, that's like that's a building block for the podcast. Is that people like Craig enough that you know? Hello, the rest Sean. of it works as I point myself. Hello, um, Eric Talski <laughs> and, and Sean Gentili, who's back for the second segment, as, as always. Uh, Eric, AGM of the Carolina Hurricanes, Sean's favorite team in the NHL, as we all know. Because of Eric. I'll root for any team with Eric. Uh, come on. Um, so, Eric, first of all, thank you for doing this. Yeah, my pleasure. Happy to be here. Um, so, I mean, you guys are, you guys are doing well. Things are going pretty well at, at home. Rattled off some wins this weekend. Um, as you probably know by now, this is my, like this time of year, it's hard to talk about anything but the trade deadline and the approaching trade deadline. And so I, I'd love to get your thoughts, kind of what, how you guys plan on approaching it. And, and especially you, like, are, are you on the road scouting? Like, what is, what is this time of year like for you? Yeah. So as an organization, we always want to be in on every possibility to make our team better. We want to you know, turn over every rock, see what's underneath, look for every chance we have. Um, this year at this deadline, we're pretty constrained. We, we don't have much gap space. We're in LTIR and don't have much room under our ceiling. So there isn't a lot of flexibility for us. And it's, you know, it, 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 we may be limited in what we can do. But we'll be looking at everything. And, you know, if there is an opportunity, especially probably the easiest place to make a move would be on D. Um, so that's where we're especially focused. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. We don't have a lot of space uh, for me. And, for, and Richard, oh, go ahead. Yeah, so I was going to answer the other half that for me in particular. Yeah. Um, so I'm not on the road very much. Um, I'm mostly in the office. Um, you know, I, I lead two groups here. So I lead our data group and our pro scouting group. Um, so this time of year, I'm especially focused on spending time with the pro scouts and talking to them, making sure they understand where the organization's perspective is and what we're looking for and what we want them to try to find and trying to help them build a set of recommendations that they can push out to the organization of here are people who we think would fit in this kind of role you know, we think this player would look better with us because he does these things well that are particularly important for us. You now, this other player we think might not be as good of a fit because he's his current home is a perfect fit for his skill set. And if he goes somewhere else, he might not look quite as good. Um, and so trying to get that level of detail in the understanding of the 
the market and the opportunities out there is really a focus for us right now. I'm so used to asking two questions and people just answering one of them, Eric, that I was ready to do. like, that's <laughs> like, the, I made the cardinal sin of like asking two questions. And then it's like, Oh, he's going to answer the second one as everyone always does. And then you just move on. But um, what I was going to say is you talked about how, to, like, how are you going to afford Dougie Hamilton anyways? Now in retrospect, and I, you know, you look at kind of how some of the replacements are going and it's worked out economically. Um, and that would have been rough in retrospect. Had you guys gone there? No, we could have made it work. Um, we, yeah, we were talking about it. I mean, it, the number it got to would have been hard. Um, we had mm. we had sort of a range that we were prepared to go to that we could have made it made work um, at the number he got. You know, we would have had to make some tough choices. You always have to make some tough choices. There's a hard cap, and you can't keep everyone forever. You know, if you're a good team and have good players who deserve to be paid well, um, and so ultimately. The higher the number goes, the harder that choice is. And, you know, it, it reached a level where we think a lot of him, we think he's a great player, but it was, you know, it, it was probably at a point where we needed to go in a different direction. I mean, you look at the, the, the obvious kind of pivot point would have been what you guys did with your goaltending in, in, in the yeah. offseason where you, where you, where you had that flexibility to, spend on Freddie Anderson that maybe you wouldn't have, that you wouldn't have had if you would have gotten up to a particular number with Dougie. Um, but everything's going great there. You guys, yeah. you, you guys, you guys crack, you guys crack the goaltender evaluation code, right? Like you can just, you can just say we're, 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 we're set and everything's fine moving forward. Uh, I would not say that. Goaltending's hard. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, you know, we've, right. we've had some good fortune the last couple of years where guys have come in and played well for us. Um, and, um, you know, it, it was a tough, those were tough decisions in the summer that we let go of some people who played really well for us, fit well in the locker room. We liked them. Um, but, you know, we felt like we had an opportunity to bring in two guys who had really had a long track record of success and who we felt very comfortable with. And, you know, both of them were coming off of a little bit of a down year and that, mm -hmm. that created an opportunity for us that we were, you know, we're happy to take advantage of. Yeah, I mean, because goaltending as voodoo is just accepted as a truism, and you see a team, you know, that's you know, that's as that was as strong as yours have as much uncertainty in, in the offseason as you guys did. That that to me was not to take away from the doggy sock or anything, but that to me was the most fascinating part of of what you guys did in the offseason. That that kind of full on that full on overhaul. So you know, I think that's something that especially data struggles with or public data struggles with is the evaluation of goaltenders and just again to see that it's worked out for you guys this the, thus far is 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 really interesting to me so i, I don't is there um on the team I, I, how have you seen goaltender evaluation specifically shift over the last five years and or 10 years and in, in, in the way that's done in front office versus versus the public sphere um yeah i mean you're right that it is it's just fundamentally a hard problem. I mean, a, mm -hmm. a goaltender who stops 92% of his shots is fantastic and one of the best in the league. And a goaltender who stops 91% of the shots is a decent backup. And it takes an awful lot of shots to tell the difference at that level. Um, and so setting aside all the things about goaltending in particular and guys being hot and cold and all the mental aspects that go into it and all the team aspects that influence performance. 
just that starting point of trying to tell the difference between 91 and 92% is hard. Um, mm. And so it's, you know, it's genuinely a challenge and the statistics are um, not easy to do. And the eye test isn't easy to do either. Like that's, it's just a fine evaluation. Um, I think we've, we've worked hard to blend both. Um, Freddie in particular is someone who our goaltending coaches really liked. And, you know, they look, they saw what he did last year when, you know, it was a little tough. He had some injury problems, um, but they believed in him and they, you know, they said, this is, this is someone who we think has a bounce back in front of them. Um, and, you know, so you blend that with some of the data that we're looking at and you come away with the impression that, you know, if, if we could make it work for him, that was a good direction for us to go. And so far it's panned out. I'm, I'm not going to come in here and say we've cracked the code and promise you that our goaltending. <laughs> well, yeah, it's over. Gonna, it's, it, it worked. It don't don't it. worry about it. You can, just, you can just, you can just write that one in pen. It's fine. <laughs> I promise you that not every decision we ever make will turn out perfect. Um, that's one of the things that I think as an organization we do really well though, is we're not afraid to take some swings and um, you know, it, the, with a lot of places, if you take five risks and three of them go your way, you're getting killed about the other two and maybe you mm -hmm. lose your job over it. And mm -hmm. here, if you take five risks and three of them go your way, we know you're one decision better than you were beforehand. You kind of, you kind of mentioned one of those risk categories a little bit earlier where you try to find you try to identify players who have more to give than their current situation. Maybe that's a, th a third pair D that you think can play up. The flip side of that, and this is something we've seen in a lot of different examples, is sometimes those guys are perfectly cast. There's a third pair D who's a third pair D, and that's and that's the role he's in, and he and he and he, he, sh he should stay there. So, how do you identify in in your role? I, I'm I'm interested to hear how you identify how, how you parse those two, right? The the guy who is the perfectly cast third pair D and then the guy who's, you know, who has more to give. Cause sometimes the numbers that we see in the public sphere might be identical. So is that a scouting thing or how, how do you, how do you parse between the two? Yep. It's both. There are things mm -hmm. I will ask the data team for um, that I think will be indicators of whether there is data-based evidence that the player can move up. And there are things that I will ask the pro scouts to look at that I think are evidence of, you know, if you see the player doing this regularly, that's a really good sign because he's going to have to do it even more if he moves up the lineup. Um, and so we we do, you know, on both sides, there are markers that we look for for where we think someone would be able to fit into a bigger role than they're in right now. You said you're you're uh, you're not on the road a ton right now. When, like the favorite pastime of people of reporters at games is to go right to the sheet and see which scouts <laughs> are which games, and then try to try to uh, crack the code of who's scouting who. But it's always like ridiculous to me that it's like, oh hey, uh, Don Waddell's at this game, a because it could have been on the schedule for months. But also like, I would hope you're not trading for a guy based on what Don sees in Columbus on a Saturday night. Um, so as somebody who's managing your pro scouts who are doing that, who just saw somebody in Columbus on Saturday night versus the data, which tends to want to look at the larger sample, how do you balance that when those scouts banging the table saying, Hey, this guy's playing great right now. I just saw him. He's, he's, you know, versus, Hey, like, let's not get caught up in what happened over the weekend this time of year. Yeah. So we've worked hard to structure our scouting reports in a way that 
um, sort of focus on both things. So game by game, what did you see today is a completely separate question from considering all of your viewings. What do you think of the player? And we have both of those kind of reports in our system um, so that then the scout is thinking about them as two separate questions and the organization no, can integrate them as two separate pieces of information. Is there data that also does the same thing? It's like, how is the guy playing right now versus how is he? What do we think of him analytically as a player? Yeah, um, of yeah. course, you can always do that. Um, the, the concern with data is always the finer you slice it, the easier it is for what you're looking at to not mean very much. Um, right. So that's, that's always a challenge that you have to balance. I like to use fine slices of data to make the argument that I want to make in favor of your players. That's, <laughs> that's what almost everyone does. <laughs> and also like even setting aside the sample size thing, like you're always going to get into the questions about, okay, he's playing well now for his team in his situation. Mm -hmm. That could all change tomorrow if he moves to a new team in a new situation. So Actually, it tends to, right? Like, <laughs> it usually does. It usually looks much different when they switch teams at this time of year. So I, I do think that's a challenge and you have to be careful with it. Um, but, you know, there is value in knowing who is at their best today. Yeah. How, how long have you been heading up the pro scouting department? Like, how, how long has that fallen under, under your purview? Is this like your, is this the second or third season for that? It's my second year, yeah. What's that experience been like and, and what did you think whenever that was, you know, kind of included in, in, in your role change a, a, a couple years ago? Because that's, you know, you're heading up data and you're heading up scouting. I mean, that's, those are, those are the two, <laughs> those are the two big ones and they're both, and they're both you. Yeah. Well, so I don't want to make it sound like I do everything here. Yeah, it's, no, it's, have, it's all, it's all mm -hmm. you. That's fine. Yeah. We can, we can just, we, we, we can guess you up here. It's okay. So we have an amateur scouting group that is separate from me. I, you know, I, I focus on the pro scouting side. We have a development group that is also run by, so Darren York, our other assistant GM, leads both of those groups. Um, and they do a lot of important work and we have a fantastic prospect pool and they get the credit for that. Um, so, I, you know, I, it's important to me not to come across like I'm yeah, doing I'm everything not. here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, we know, Eric, it's okay. We yeah, that's okay. Not as so it was interesting taking the group over. Um, I, you know, it was, I had not, I'd never written a scouting report before, right? I'd written mm -hmm. statistical reports, but not scouting reports. And so it was important for me um, from day one to sort of make sure I was taking advantage of the experience they had and, you know, not coming in assuming I knew everything, but listening to them. And, you know, I had certain things that I wanted to see and that I pushed. A lot of it was on the communication side and how we were thinking about what problems and how we were pushing information out to the organization. Um, and then I also started doing my own scouting reports and making sure I had been a user and had seen why they were doing things a certain way because they're going, you know, everyone is going to have things that they want to change. And it's a lot easier to explain why if I've done it your way and seen the way you've been doing it and said, I really think it's going to be easier or better or more efficient if we make this tweak to our reports or this mm -hmm. change to how, what questions we answer, whatever it might be. Um, and so some of the things like that shift to having game by game evaluations separate from overall player evaluations like that 
um, that was something that I needed to sort of be doing firsthand and understanding the way they were doing it now and help make sure I could see how this would fit as we made that transition. How big is your pro scanning staff? I, I see what's listed on the, like, it looks like it's fairly small. Yeah, we have two full-time employees and three part-time employees. Um, so, I mean, that is small. And, and is that by design? Like, what does that indicate in terms of priorities or what you think of pro scouting staffs? I don't think it's that small compared to the league. Um, I, okay. you know, I, I did a skim of team websites myself recently. And, you know, most teams <laughs> had about five or six guys listed. Um, yeah. They may all be full-time, in which case, right. you know, that's clearly bigger that's, than... That's, yeah. Right. Um, but we're not that far off market in terms of the amount of investment. Um, you know, I, I think our um, our push recently has been to broaden out the understanding of what a pro scout is. So mm-hmm. it, there was a time when the only way you knew what happened in Columbus on Tuesday was if you had somebody in Columbus on Tuesday. And that's mm-hmm. not where we are anymore. Um, and yeah. so as an organization, we've been using more video, using more data and um, taking advantage of the bandwidth that creates because it takes a lot less time to watch a game on video than to drive to Columbus to watch the game. Um, and so when you when you make that change, you get more time to cover the AHL, to cover reserve lists, to cover college and European free agents. And a lot of that stuff we've expanded our pro scouting mission to help make sure that we're covering everything that could feed into our pro team in the near future and not just the people who are already in the NHL. Right. Um, all right. I know we're, we're probably pushing limits of how long we can keep you here, but I did want to, you were a bit in the news a little bit recently. The Blackhawks brought you in for an interview for the GM job. Also, they were pretty public about everything. I don't, it was, it felt very NFL like where it was like, hey, coming in today is, you know, random Cubs, uh, whatever, and, and Eric Talski. So, uh, what was that process like for you? And also the fact that it was, they were fairly tr- as transparent as teams have typically been in, the, in that search. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. So, I, you know, yeah. I, I, um, I got, Don called me down, told me they had asked for permission to talk to me. Um, that was, you know, I was like, great, sounds like fun. Um, so I went and met with them, um, spent a day talking to them. It was mo- mostly um, kind of general, like, how do you picture an organization running? What do you, how do you, how do you approach this job? How do you think um, you'd set up an organization to be effective, sustainably effective? and um, and so that was, you know, it was a lot of that kind of organizational discussion. Um, and that was fun for me. Um, and then, yeah, at the end of the day, they told me they, you know, in their experience, the names always get out anyway, and they'd rather be in front of the message and put it out themselves. Um, and, uh, so I had not expected that. I found myself scrambling to <laughs> tell people quickly before it was out on Twitter. Um, uh, because, you know, when I got asked to interview, I was told, you know, that everyone wanted it kept confidential. And so I didn't tell very many people at all. Um, uh, and then there was, then there was actually, never mind, we're telling everybody about this. <laughs> yeah. By so, confidential, we mean we're going to announce it with our Twitter. On Twitter, with yeah. a million dollars. So, uh, you know, I, I understand how that changes, right? You 
you know, you start doing it in a name or two, get out and you say, you yeah. know what, let's just get in front of it. So I, you know, I don't, I don't fault them at all for making that switch. It, I understand where that comes from. Um, but I, yeah. So the interview it's in Chicago, my parents live in Chicago, so I stayed with them and I actually, I told them, Hey, I'm going to be in Chicago for a night. Can I stay with you? And then, you know, like didn't tell them why at first. So I was trying to keep it that level of confidential. Wow. You think, um, they think they might have guessed? They, so I got a, you know, I got a text from my mom a few days later, like, wait a minute, the Blackhawks just announced they're bringing people in for interviews. Mrs. <laughs> yeah, Tulsky was out, connecting mom. the dots. Yeah, she she figured it out. Yeah, I just, so. I, you know, as one of the first wave of of guys with your background that are interviewing for GM spots and, the, and that have risen to the, to the level that you've risen with, um, I. I, you know, tra- tracking your career and seeing the responsibilities that, that you've added in, added in Carolina to the point where, again, you are, you're interviewing for, for, for the Blackhawks job. What have you added to your skill set over the last five years or six years that has made you a viable candidate for, for those jobs and has made you somebody that, you know, ownership groups are, are targeting and, com- and comfortable speaking to and comfortable with the prospect of you, of, of you in the, in the big chair. Yeah. So I think a lot has changed for me over that time, right? When I came into the league, like I, I didn't know how an NHL team worked. I, you know, I had never talked to a coach. I had never talked to, you know, I'd had one or two conversations with people in management, but um, it's very different when you're inside and you start to hear things about, you know, how and why some of these decisions get made and building out that understanding of a lot of the things that go into um, process that you can't see from the outside. Um, I think uh, made my understanding of how things work and my ability to make suggestions a lot more sophisticated and robust. Um, And really, you know, that experience, I hate to say you just need to take time and put in your dues, but I think, being around and seeing some of this does actually make a real impact on somebody's ability to see the whole picture. Um, you know, I came in with industry experience, leading and managing groups, um, thinking about problems and having to make decisions, having to make medium long, medium and long range plans. I think a lot of that kind of strategic thinking is a transferable skill. Um, but the time spent in the game was what, you know, helped me get a sense for where that applies to individual details of an NHL team in particular. Was there anything that the Blackhawks threw at you that you were surprised by or like, or or just stood out about the process? Um, No. So going in, um, the thing I was really not sure about was how much it was going to be about their team in particular versus running a team in general. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was actually, I went into it basically prepared to refuse to answer questions about their team Mm -hmm. because I'm like, look, you know, we're going to be looking to be buyers at the trade deadline that's coming up. And I think you guys are probably going to be sellers. And it's not really fair for me to walk in here and tell you what I think of all your players. Like I am currently employed by the hurricanes and I, I owe it to them to respect their interests first. Um, and so I was planning to just duck those questions, but they were very courteous in not going anywhere near anything like that. Um, and so, 
yeah, that made the interview easy for me. But so was there was there a moment in the interview where you realized that it wasn't just like a fishing expedition that they weren't just trying to you know <laughs> like fi- figure out shot. figure out the secret sauce? No, so they um, they gave me some information ahead of time about what you know they asked me to put together a presentation and the topics in that presentation were all pretty high level, um, and so I went in knowing you know that might be the focus, and then. They never pivoted to, okay, and what would you do about these players on our roster? Um, so what do you think of Dominic Kubali? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> what would be your ask of a trade deadline? Deal? <laughs> just, just, just for instance. I mean, they have some serious strategic decisions in front of them. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have been natural to ask candidates, you know, how, how they felt about that and how they would approach it. Um, because, um, you know, I, I could understand it if they said, if somebody is not on board with what we think needs to be done, they're probably not right for us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. My sense of the way they were approaching it was that at least in the initial rounds, it was much more, we want to make sure we're comfortable with the way you think about problems. Mm-hmm. And if we are, then we're probably not going to tell you, you know, hey, you need to, you know, make this move with the roster. Um, so they were trying to get a feel for how it, how their candidates approach problems and think about things more than about what they think about specific players or a specific situation. How many, who was running the interview? Um, so there were three people in the room. It was um, uh, uh, Danny Wirtz, um, Jamie Faulkner, and uh, someone from HR, Sharon Meisinger. So, you, had a, you had your slideshow, you had a deck ready to go. Yep. Yeah. So they asked for a, kind of 45 minute presentation um and so i put that together you, you look at the net that they cast whether they're speaking to greenberg from the cubs or or whatever and that got that got a lot of attention because they were obviously looking at maybe some less traditional candidates to 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 fill that job and then then, then they end up going with kyle davidson it's the you know he'd been doing doing the job on an, on an interim basis for, for the last few months and that got a lot of attention because it was like they cast this wide net and then they actually end up hiring the guy that the guy that's been there that's been there the whole time so i as somebody who is as close to the process as you were um did you get the did you get the vibe that this was that um i'm trying I'm, I'm trying to phrase it the right way that that, that, that that this was as wide ranging a search as they as they made it out to be i mean you know it's I can't say for sure because I wasn't yeah. in the room when they were making decisions or they would have made a different hire. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I recommend me for the job, actually, Eric says. <laughs> but my assumption, nothing, it came across like they were really genuinely interested in mm-hmm. hearing a variety of perspectives and thinking about um, what different voices um, had to say, what different pairs of eyes saw in the way a team can and should be run. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know for sure, but I, my bet is that Kyle didn't get the job because he was there. Kyle got the job because they like the way he thinks. And they, you know, they came away feeling like we saw a lot of strong candidates, but in the end, we're still very comfortable with the person who we have seen. And, you know, I, I, I don't think, I don't think he was handed the job. I think he earned yeah. the job. Right. I don't know him at all, but I do know it seems like a 
decade ago, but the last GM's meetings I was at, that was in person. That was right before the pandemic. I remember talking to Stan about Kyle, right? Like random, I was doing something, you know, a 40 and 40 or something. And I'm, and he was, I'd never even heard of him. And he's like, this, this is a kid that's like blown me away with his intelligence. And he's, he's got a huge future in this game. And so like, I, you know, that like stuck with me. I'm not surprised to see, you know, based on what Stan was saying about him in that moment. Have the success. I don't know if you know him at all. I also don't know him, but I've heard good yeah. things. And then, you know, yeah. take them. Boy, that's a good situation to be in. I want everyone who doesn't know me to have heard good things about me, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I've never heard a good thing about you, Eric. So, yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> tough bounce. <laughs> oh, man. But thanks for doing this, man. I know you got a lot going on right now. It's always good to catch up and uh, yeah, appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's a fun time. Always good to chat with Eric. And then we find out afterwards that he was all ready to take you on, Sean, in in your hatred of the Carolina Hurricanes. No, he made, a, he made a very funny joke that you stepped on and ruined. Oh, well, I mean, we can go back and listen to see who stepped very, on what. Very effusive of his praise for you. And then he said, hello, Sean. Because, again, I have the, Car- I have the Carolina Hurricanes at four instead of three every week in the power rankings. Eric made his bones as an internet commenter. Well, that's, I mean, he was and ready to just troll. Like, he was ready to slip back into that role and just be like, yeah, do the I whole don't wanna, bit. Whatever I, you I say about Carolina, <laughs> I say it about you. Like, that's I, what don't, I, I don't want to betray his trust here, but um, I've, I've heard from him in the past about, about, about some things I've written about that team over the last, over the last couple of months. We'll just we'll leave it there. It's, I mean, <laughs> we, have, we, have a, we have a big new rivalry on, on this podcast. It's me like, versus Eric Tulski. <laughs> And I'm here for it. <laughs> oh, that's great. It's, it's, um, it was cool to see him in the mix in Chicago. Um, I, I'm so, I, I, that made me so happy, honestly. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a, I'm a sucker for that sort of stuff for a lot of different reasons. So I, I was, I was rooting for him hard to get it. I was laughing because I liked your question because you're like, let me see how I can phrase this without saying, was the interview a sham? A sham? Anyway. Was that a sham interview? That like, was, that's, it, that was, was it wasn't, like, it wasn't a sham interview, like, right? Hmm. You were like, it's the most thoughtful I've ever seen you ask a question. <laughs> Usually you just, you talk your way through it. This was like, huh. What, did you feel based on the fact that the guy that anytime, was there all along? Anytime you, <laughs> anytime you find yourself like looking up at the ceiling and saying, I'm trying not to phrase this the wrong way. That means, <laughs> that means you're right on the verge of stepping in, stepping in something. But yeah, I mean, it, it is, it is true. That was a public, it was a public concern. It was part of the narrative in the Blackhawks going with Kyle Davidson, like just how, just how legit were these interviews. So I'm glad to hear from Eric that he felt like it was, it was uh it was as legit as it needed to be. We should get Kyle on here since we all mm-hmm. were like, nope, we don't know him. You know, like it, it, I imagine, I mean, maybe not right now. I'm sure he's busy, but new on the job. Yeah. I would be he's busy because they have, they have 10 players that they should think about trading in the next, yeah. in the next 14 days. I said this, I said this whenever they made that hire and I know Laz and I know Laz and Powers did too. I mean, obviously there's fault defined in, in the way that process played out because it's the Blackhawks and they, in, in there you have, we have a reason to question them in general, but yeah, this is such an important deadline for them because of, for, for a lot of different reasons, right. That I can see the logic. I, I can see that that was a huge part of the decision-making process where it's like, they can't, they can't screw this up and they can't yeah. have someone who's whether it's, whether it was Eric or Greenberg or whoever, you need someone who's ready to hit the ground running in the next in the next fourteen days with that. Maybe this would have come in the second interview or whatever, but it, I do think it's important to at some point 
say, hey, like, what are you doing with, here's our list of players that have been around here a long time. If we're, you know, I, I, they would have had to gotten to the bottom of that at some, like, if they're like, hey, we're bringing you back and we're really, we're really interested. This isn't a fishing expedition. But, it yeah, was interesting like, to see how like, they're trying to like, toe that ser- line. Seriously, which guys are you going to move out and, yeah, and, like, and, and really, how's that going to look? Like, because this is really, really important. Yeah, like that mm-hmm. probably had to have been asked like that. And maybe that's the advantage Kyle Davidson had was he, he could just talk freely. And 100%. Just say, he's been yeah, thinking, like, he's been he's been thinking about it for 6 months or 2 years yep. or or however long it's been. Like his job has been to evaluate these players and what they mean for the future of this franchise, right? So yeah. he had a built-in baked-in kind of advantage there. Coming up next in our final segment, we go back to the comment section answer your User questions in a segment formerly known as the only good segment. Yeah, I think in sports. I think Eric. I think Eric was a pretty good segment. So we have to we have to revise that. We do. I think Eric was great. This is like this can be the best segment. The second segment. It can be. It's capable. It's it's all about. It doesn't our... always rise to that. It's, like, it's <laughs> yeah, not our fault. It is it our fault. Never. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Welcome to the only good segment on the show. I know we talked about maybe altering the title of this out of respect to the NHL luminaries who we interview every week. Well, I'm starting to hear back from some of them and they're like, hey, it was a pleasure to be on your show. You know, I'm always happy to carve out a few minutes to help educate the fans, but I don't love that you call the next segment the only good segment right after I'm on. And I'm like, understandable GM of the team, but... Yeah, th- yeah, that's right. We do just kind of go into the comment section of our app and read bullshit and pretend that it's better than talking to, you know, Don Waddell or whatever. Um, but in any case, still what it's called, buddy. <laughs> it, it, is, still, it is my still, favorite segment, I will say. 
I look forward to this. Our favorite, I think our favorite segment on the show is almost worse because it's like, <laughs> we're, we're, we're to deal with the, the directly, guest. direct, yeah, directly implying that we don't like talking to these people, which is, uh, we'll say not, not true. the case. We'll say nine times, we'll say nine times out of 10. It's not the case. What time, what would be the 10th one? Which, uh, we're, we're looking, we're looking West, <laughs> Western Canada for that one. Uh, <laughs> Mike H. So this, so I was off. I, I know all of you listen to every episode of the Athletic Hockey Show, for which I appreciate. But if you didn't, I was gone last week. So a lot of these questions are in reference to Sean Shapiro hosting the show, and I have no idea what they're referencing. But we're gonna. <laughs> I will comment on them anyways because I feel strongly. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I like weighing in on things I have no reference to. So Mike H. says, "Oh, we're bragging about regional journalism awards. Oh, this is in my wheelhouse. I would love to brag about regional journalism awards. <laughs> you want to talk, talk about somebody who loves oh, regional oh. journalism awards. Wow. We this got a, a little 6.1 in the 40 here, baby. Um, I have a Tennessee Press Association first place award for best graphics and illustrations that I need to hang up. Mike, you should hang that up immediately. I've got a spot in the wall behind me. I'll hang your award up. <laughs> that's better than what me and Shapiro were talking about. He had, he had like a, a Dallas community newspapers thing. I want to say, or uh, Texas community newspapers thing. And I talked about uh, receiving an honorary mention for best sports slash outdoor column from the uh, Pennsylvania journal journalism society mm-hmm. of a, a few years ago. Um, it was a piece of paper. It was clearly something that was printed out from, from a, from a computer. That's it. You won a Pulitzer. I didn't win it myself. <laughs> That's not a regional journalism award. You could always. I mean, it was. I I never know what to do with that, honestly. I never know how much. Is, to, if you're listening to this and you're like, what are they talking about? Sean, he is on. A, he, he can literally say he won a, a Pulitzer. <laughs> Genuinely. I was. My work was part of a submission that won a Pulitzer. Yes. Which is how the Pulitzer works. I didn't get invited to the ceremony in New York, which could have been because... Um, you left the company? Shortly before that, I quit the company and brutally made fun of the owner of the newspaper on my way oh, out. I feel like that right. could have had... I feel like that could have had... Uh, I feel like that could have had something to do with it. I will never know, though. There's there's no way to say. Um, having, a, having a public freak out on the owner of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette or his... Uh, Union breaking and or uh, institutionally racist kind of approach. I thought things. those I think tweets have, were I think Pulitzer had a role. in my opinion. I, I, you should have invented those. They should give Pulitzer for tw- for tweets. Oh my gosh. Have you seen, by the way, the evolving hockey, oh. the evolving we hockey bracket? Is it still going on right now? Yes. The, mm. uh, the first round of voting okay. is complete and I made it through. Oh my gosh. When I looked, you were down about a hundred votes in... I didn't know how to vote. So Mac and do Mac and do gassed me oh. up, and no joke, I won by eight votes. That's amazing, and and among th- like there was thousands of votes. So if you're not familiar, there was a March Madness bracket of um, uh, hockey Twitter moments in time, essentially. And there's brackets. There's like a there was a media quadrant and a play, you know whatever. There's mm-hmm. it was it was divvied, divvied up. You really like I don't know if there was a key code to to translate some of these you really had to have been around um for they, the, the evolving hockey the evolving hockey boys did a um did a good job of uh setting that up in such a way or that oh my god the evolving wild boys my, my my bad they they set it up in such a way where there was the the bracket was um 
was well done. Yeah. Like it was in a it was in a Google form, and there was some some explainers, added, some 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 added some added kind of content. And so so you know, in true March Madness fashion, they seeded every memorable hockey tweet from the last what all time. And I, I had a couple of gripes, mostly uh-huh. that you I'd were. Love, I'd love to hear. What this. were you a fourteen seed? So so Sean's infamous Emerson Edom <laughs> tweet. Emerson Poopum. Yes. That's right. Um, an all timer in Twitter, hockey or not, was the 14 seed, which was well. I thought it would be like okay. top three. This is the, like the important thing that happened coming out of that is that I was initially a 15 seed. Mm. They reseeded and got me a more favorable matchup in the first round. I was initially supposed to go up against the infamous. Uh, David Staples uh, tweet when he went into the Oilers new arena and mistook um, a hand washing station for a urinal. <laughs> I don't, I'm not familiar with okay. that one. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll explain. That would be a tough matchup for this. you, I would say. I, it was, it's one of the, it uh, sincerely is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like he was like, there's, he was like, there's long lines, there's long lines at the, at the, there's long lines in the bathroom. Here's what the Oilers need to do, basically. And it was a photo of like a round hand washing station that he thought was like a, an old fashioned like trough that you pee mm-hmm. in in a, in a in a men's bathroom in an arena. And someone said, "David, that's a hand washing station." Ah. And it was really, really, really funny. And I would not have even voted for myself over that one just yeah, just because of the unintentional comment, like whatever, tough break for Staples. But that was that was really funny. And I wouldn't have voted for myself there. Um, but I got put up. <laughs> I got put off against another tweet in the three seed that we're not even going to talk about. That I Seriously? That I, you can't. Do I know it? I, I, it I, was a, it was an, an embarrassing media moment. Yeah. On a level that okay. wasn't even mistaking, again, urinals for hand washing stations. And deep. you know me well enough. I probably don't want to talk about it. Then. Definitely not. not. I would it. talk about okay. it if it were just me, but I, but I, but this would make you uncomfortable to okay. to bring up on air. So it was a more favorable, a more favorable first round matchup for me, which I didn't even know happened. I didn't even know that the adjustment took place. Oh wow! And then the boys sent out the, uh, you know, whatever. Fifteen minutes left in first round voting. Like get your votes in. Yeah. And I was down by like it was like you know fifty two percent to forty eight percent or something. And McIndoo was like. <laughs> he like mobilized the troops and I ended up winning by eight votes. That's great. So, and you deserved it. And that's a thanks, pretty, man. that's a pretty good, um, that's a big upset in seeding parlance. So um, we're in, so again, if you just go to the, the evol- at evolving wild, there's, they have the whole uh, breakdown of the, of the bracket. They have the second round. All right. I'm the, loading it the up. The second as, round as stuff we, here. Uh, and I am currently, um, the match, the it's it's two Cinderellas. It's eleven seed versus fourteen seed. It's me a few hours after Emerson Edom, Emerson Poopum, mm-hmm. versus a deleted tweet from the Flyers from twenty thirteen, where they sent um, a link to a story on their website, and the tweet was: "The day is set on Wednesday, July tenth. Flyers prospects will shit the beach to com- to compete in the annual trial on the Isle." It was a typo. They obviously meant hit. And people uh, thought that was really funny because they said they said shit instead. I believe that I have a chance to move on again here. 
Well, I mean, a typo isn't that funny, really, at the end of the day. It depends. <laughs> Maybe, uh, again, to go back to our... Um, to our initial discussion on the on the tweet that I beat, like, is a failed DM a typo? Is that in that same category? Mm-hmm. Maybe sending something publicly that you were trying to send privately is that is that is that a typo? Because that one's pretty funny. Um, I I think your toughest competition is gonna. I think one for one should have been a, a top seed. Like that's a, such a memorable moment. It was that me. was okay. So I was surprised. That is um. That tweet from Bob McKenzie, which was about the infamous Adam Larson for Taylor Hall. Yeah. Um, that was seeded fourth in the media bracket. Trade yeah. is one for one, Adam Larson for Taylor Hall. Um, <laughs> and then it's uh, and it's going up against Craig Button getting uh, getting getting got by an old bo- both of these nuts kind of kind of situation. <laughs> so Bob's <laughs> I'm, I'm not seeing that. Are you yes. reading it? Yeah. Uh, so Bob's, so Bob's in that one. So I, my favorite Bob, I think was this the same year? No, it you was not. Go. It was not. But the the Bobby Mac tweet that I like more from that oeuvre is going up against the urinal sink. Yeah, that's, that's per a, year. That's, that's per year. That's a great one because that is 100. percent the wild part about that was he's talking about Derek England's. I think he signed a three-year deal with the, was the Calgary deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he signed. Mm-hmm. A, I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure it was for three years. In my reaction when I saw the report, uh, the initial report of the contract, I said to myself, "Like, is that is that per year or for or for the duration of the deal?" And then Bob very subtly kind of answered the question that everybody else has. But yeah, um, that's that's a ten seed in in the media in the media bracket. And again, it's going up against David Staples. Um, the urinal needed to solve lineups at Rogers place fast, efficient, keep your eyes in the sky, do your biz sick of hearing about this. And it was a place again for people to wash their hands, wash their hands. So that's, <laughs> that's a tough one to beat. Um, I think you get out of this round. I, I think you lose to that's per year. That's, that, my I, that's it. Right. Yeah, I think that's. I that's would take. I, I would take a Sweet Sixteen trip. I it got to the point last night where again I, I was I had no idea that any of this was going on because I was like, okay, I'm going up against the urinal tweet, like I'm done. And then I saw that I won, so I looked up like <laughs> the best fourteen seeds in the history of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, kind of underrepresented. Like you don't yeah, see it's a weird one. It is a weird Butler, one. You, maybe Butler. Everyone always. 14? Everyone always talks about like the fifteen seeds over. Yeah, fifteen. In is whatever you always pick twelves over fives. That's like mm-hmm. the that's that's the big one. Not a lot of fourteen seeds. Tennessee Chattanooga made a made a run a couple of a, a, a few years back that I remember. But I don't know, man. I I'd be happy if uh, if our squad made it to the Sweet Sixteen. We'll see. So, dear listener. Um, and basically, I'm just talking to Caleb B here. Right, we know <laughs> we know Caleb is was willing to dig in and do the work. Go vote for Sean, and is that Emerson to you? I ignore it. You don't have to do anything else, honestly. But oh my god, they the guys did such a great did such a great job it's with a this. Great, it's a it, great. It, it, it really is. It's it's and it's the good part about it. I think is that there's not. <laughs> There's not recency bias here. Like, like those guys have been yes. around for a long time. They've been doing stuff on the internet for a long time. So there's stuff from 2011 and there's stuff from five years ago. And it's, it's a fun walk. Then in fact, I want to, as I, I, I like, 
missed opportunity by us to not sponsor it. Like I want our like a Tuesday the athletic hockey show logo right in the middle of the, this. <laughs> the it's just a classic like an idea that I'm sad that I just didn't execute oh, myself because yeah, yeah, it's it's so good. I think one of my favorite ones of all time was um, Ryan Whitney tweeting about a hangman game between uh, Jordan Eberle and Taylor Hall like 10 years ago. Eberle and Hall in the worst hangman game in history. Ebs can't <laughs> spell banana and Hall can't figure out the second word is split. <laughs> <laughs> That's unbelievable. I don't, and it brings back, man, like we're already nostalgic for early hockey Twitter. It's, it's so good. This is like, did you watch the Shaq, the Shaq, um, yeah, but, half a take, half a take a gasp. Do you know how dumb I am? I watched that and was like, did he do it again? I thought he just repeated. Cause I mean, I, how long ago is that? It was like five years ago now or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, holy shit. Did, did they, <laughs> this, happened, they this happened a second time? I, I, yeah. Like it was presented in such a way where it looked like, yeah. It, so no, I, I, yeah, yeah. I thought they were maybe talking about, you know, the rise in gas prices because of, because of the Ukraine situation. Right. Like, I, don't, I didn't know why they were talking about it. This is my first exposure to it and the what's close to the West Coast of the Moon. I didn't know any, I didn't, I missed that all. There's the a, um, in the in the comments of the Shaq thing, we're, we're so far off course here, but whatever. Oh my gosh. Somebody made an animation of that whole, of that whole thing. Like someone did a full on yeah. cartoon of the, of the, you know, put $20 in your gas tank four <laughs> times instead of $80 at once. <laughs> It's like, did, did, you, did you ever, that was like when there was a whole, I mean, people have, there, there have been like long form stories written about this because it was just one of the most unbelievable threads in the history of internet message boards was when in the bodybuilding.com forums, people got into an argument over how many days were in a week and it went on oh. for months and it was like somebody was in the shack position where they were like, no, there's actually six days in a week and it was that. <sighs> That's amazing. We've been on the internet for too long, man. They need to they need to take it away from us. Hey, did you see the NHL change the Stanley Cup logo? Yeah, I kind of like I'm it. Reading through some, yeah, right. Time for a change. It's been twenty years or whatever. <laughs> it's like it's that's what all that shit looks like now. There's less less vectors because so it scales better to use on you know screens and tablets and phones and and whatever um, else. So, so so you take away some of like the busier design elements. Like you, yeah. you simplified a little bit, but the thing that I thought was cool that they did was they kept the cup still pretty, pretty detailed. Like there's like, you can mm -hmm. see there's like shadows and stuff on it, which like was kind of a, which was kind of a surprise. It wasn't, it wasn't a replay of what the NFL did with the Super Bowl logo a few years ago, which just completely made it antiseptic and, and, uh, and, and, and pretty boring. So yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm on board with it. I typically hate that sort of, like I, I always find something to, complain yeah, about so whenever, say, whenever the NHL does stuff like that. But I honestly like that. Hey, they got one right. You should rank them. The <laughs> yeah, it'll be the number one story on the site for like, 10 days. A, that it really would. Fish, um, fish in a barrel. I'm a lazy, lazy man. Back to the reader comments. Mm -hmm. 40 minutes into the segment. Ah, Comment number two. Uh, I do want to acknowledge Caleb here saying um, Shapiro has a good point about a hockey writer should know because I want to defend myself. The words to O Canada. <laughs> I know it's just from I know it just from listening to games and streaming radio. I I feel like I could sing O Canada in an arena full of people without the words, but when you're singing a cappella with Sean via Zoom, 
Um, I, you don't want to mess them up. So yeah, I, I was and reading that's what them. I said. Not, I, I, I know the words. I didn't want to be disrespectful. I, I don't want to be like blah, 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 that. Like I, that is well, you failed because that's what you sounded like. But <laughs> that's what I said last week. Like I, that was my best effort. Like I took off my baseball hat. Yeah, you know, I was not trying we to do a bit. The Roseanne. last thing on earth. That's exactly what I said. The last thing on earth that I wanted to happen was for us to be accused of like turning that into more of a bit than it already was like yeah. we, that you didn't need us to sit to like pretend that we didn't know the words or sing worse yeah, than yeah, we yeah. would have otherwise like we had to at least give it our best shot and part which of that was le- which was still uh, horrendous uh, especially by you uh we needed to have the words on the screen in front of us because like i w- i wasn't i wasn't gonna forget like there's there's there was no way that was happening oh i ran into mark caboli uh, who covers the pittsburgh steelers at the nfl combine mm-hmm. he said he turned it off he couldn't make it past five seconds so i just wanted to relay <laughs> that to you that's funny caboli usually likes he's, he's he's usually so positive about so much other stuff it's wild <laughs> that he would bail on that Colin C. says, I just watched the sensationalized cable news appearance. You did uh-huh. decently well hiding your regret to do that interview. So, if you already uh-huh. addressed this in the last pod, we don't have to go deep here, but I do find it interesting you're on cable news at all. I'll say so, this. The vi- the video is on YouTube of my appearance on Dan Abrams Live last week, and I have not watched it. Like, um, that, one's, that one's getting memory hold for me. We should um, turn it over to our social team and see if they can work up a... Video yeah, with your background no, yeah, images. Jerome, J- Jerome's gonna, <laughs> Jerome's gonna make it gonna sing. throw us under the bus again of me trying to follow a woman who got accused of being a Putin plant and then accused Dan Abrams of being a George Soros plant. Coming up next, Sean Gentilly. No, like, why, I'm not even. How are you even buddy, in the? Lineup? I am not even. I sin- sincerely am not even sure they went to a commercial. I think it might have been like directly, and I was like. My first reaction, I don't know, I don't know if I said to even said this to Shapiro or not. My first reaction was to open like and I had to stop myself from doing this because I would look like an asshole. My first reaction was to be like was to come on and be like, Yeah, Dan, thanks for having me. I would just like to say straight away that I am uh I am also not a plant by either Vladimir Putin or George Soros. So thank you for having me. That's how that's how I started did every not, interview. Did not say it. It was one of those things where I was like, if I do this, I'm going to get yelled at. Like, someone's right. going to yell at me. Yeah. It might be like, it might be like a handsman thing where he like slacks me and is like kind of being funny about it, but also is like, eh, like, I don't know about that. I, I feel, feel like, like you've gotten have... one of those before, by the way, you're saying that very <laughs> like, what was that? Uh, no, oh, com- uh, no comments. <laughs> I'm proud of your ability to self-edit. I didn't know you had that in the moment. You have no idea the things, even on this podcast, the things that I almost say and don't. No, I think you actually do a better job than anybody that than Hansman gives you credit for. <laughs> I know where the bodies are buried, baby. Let's just say that. Oh, my gosh. Where, where your bodies are buried. I, that's true. Literally. Oh, yes. I've, He's a murderer. I, is that the implication here? <laughs> Michael K. writes, I will say... The Double Sean Show was a nice reward for all of us who have to deal with Sparty Weekly. I mean, <laughs> that's unnecessary, Michael. Yeah, you got a, a Terp and a Bowling Green Eagle. Um, actual question for you, Sean. Oh, this wow. is an interesting question. What is the word about with how Malkin is taking the stuff coming out of Ukraine from his fellow from his home Russian <sighs> hostage comments and suspending all Russians? Oh, it got serious. I wasn't. I was just reading along and. 
now we're, it's a yeah, very serious it's, again, question. Again, Ron Burgundy moment for Craig. You just We haven't heard from Malkin on this yet. Yeah. Um, he's in a fundamentally, always has been in a fundamentally kind of different spot than Ovechkin is where he's, you know, doesn't have a, <laughs> doesn't have a photo of him with Putin as his Instagram avatar. You know, didn't start a Putin fan site. Like, doesn't have that sort of uh, history on the topic that maybe Ovechkin does. But he still is also one of the highest profile Russian athletes in the world. And his parents still live, you know, in, I don't know if it's, whether it's in Moscow or Magnitogorsk. I'm not exactly sure where they are. He's got family over there, spent his off seasons over there. So it is a consideration for him. Um, but I think it's one of those things where Malkin is really good at waiting stuff out <laughs> and um, kind of flying under the radar. And he'll eventually speak about it, but he's clearly, you know, delaying it for as long for as long as he possibly can yeah. under un, understandably un, un, in a lot of ways because he's not going to have anything to say about it like he's not a, he's not a, a putin ally in the way that ovechkin is so he doesn't really have to he doesn't quite have that obligation or or, or the need to speak to, to answer questions that maybe ovechkin did so no we haven't heard from malkin but um i know that uh I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's extra. I can say with a degree of certitude that he is extremely, extremely concerned about, about everything, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say anything more, more than that. Um, all right. And the last one, Jason K says, Hey guys, I haven't commented in a while as I couldn't answer the trolls riddle. <laughs> it's tough when you get stuck in the troll yeah, on the, the way to the, the comment ri- section. The riddles three, the riddles yeah. three, they are t- they're <laughs> difficult. I always find a way through that. Um, two questions. What uh, you can answer either one, Sean, because we've gone way too long here. Mm-hmm. What should my beloved Devils do in goal for the future? The UFA route. Hope Blackwood figures it out, or see if Nico Dawes is something. And the second question: What were your original AIM email addresses? Mine was oh, Y two J eighty five that I made in Y two J. That's good. Y two J. Chris Jericho reference. I, I I would imagine of some sort. Um, mine was uh, mine was El Score Show 2011. It was a Weezer song. I made it when I was 12. That could have been worse. Could have been a lot worse. I was, yeah. I was, I was, I was pretty cool. 12 year old. I well, look and look at me now, Ma. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't. I think you'll be shocked to hear this. My my um i remember i remember one of your instant messenger names was it i was gonna all right i don't know i, I just assumed it was like to, my initials or some sort of my birth year i'm very like no this is with, this was no joke this is the one we used to communicate over when we first started working on it when we first started working together like almost 15 years ago at this point it was it was like urban achieve or something it was like urban achiever oh, that's right. it was a, it was yeah. lebowski reference it was a lebowski that's right so that's when i was like that's when i was like okay i think this this i think me, me and this guy, this no joke i was like yeah maybe me and this guy will get along that's why based on my my instant messenger I, I, uh, it was a good urban sign achievers. it was a good sign that's really i'm glad you remember that is that because you read the transcripts daily like you go back and pull up the, the <laughs> do you delete text messages do i mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i don't Oh, gosh. I have years, oh, gosh. years, and years. Wow. Possibly incriminating text save for Why a lot of different people. Weirdo? I don't know. Hmm. It's like definitely Is this a threat bit. of some sort? <laughs> you can you can take it as, as you as you wish. <laughs> um I think my avatar for that or some because I, I I'd use that now that you I, I'm glad you brought it up. It's fun. Um I would have I had uh, Lebowski looking in the mirror at the time 
cover in that, that person moment, of the year, the person of the year, the urban, Ach- little Lebowski's urban achievers. Get a job, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last question. Anything you'd like to add before I? Oh yeah, start to answer the, the other. Um, oh yeah. Oh <laughs> to yeah. Do you want to answer the actual hockey I question? No. What, what are they gonna? What are they gonna? If if Blackwood, if Blackwood sucks, they're in. They're in trouble. I'm just interested in seeing what they do at the deadline in general because they're yeah. they're sort of an interesting team. Uh, Tom Fitzgerald did an interview with Pierre LeBrun. Mm-hmm. They posted yesterday. That's worth everybody's time. I know. PK Subban isn't good anymore, but I'm still kind of fascinated to see where he ends up. Yeah, that Let's is one of those fun Florida. Ones. How about that? Yeah. How about PK Subban to Florida? Okay. They need a they need a right D. The Devils can uh the Devils can eat half of the salary. So you get PK Subban at four and a half million dollars a year. And we can get PK in some meaningful games and see if that see if awesome. that changes the changes the outcome. For It'd be him. Fun. But yeah, if if Blackwood if Blackwood sucks, they're just gonna have to go from square one. And it seems like he might. I can't believe you asked that question, Jason, because Sean and I literally before we hit record, we're talking about Scott Wedgwood and how we thought he was gonna be the greatest <laughs> goalie of all time. Because I, I I one time saw him play in who was he with Plymouth or Windsor? I forgot which side of that, that battle he was on and he made 90 saves. And we had a podcast back in 1996 that we talked about <laughs> it. We dedicated it, an mean, entire it, segment to it was Scott like, Wedgwood. it was Taylor. It was Taylor versus Tyler. Yeah. It was the Hall Sagan draft year. And Craig went to the game and those guys got completely overshadowed by, by Scott, by Scott Wedgwood. Well, I'm the like, premise of the discussion was like, we are just, ancient at this point because scott wedgwood is whatever probably 33 and like a journeyman goaltender now and oh, it's his like son is just... actually Corey's number three rated <laughs> oh no i don't think so the very the very mysterious Corey tyler Pony. tyler wedgwood Ugh. no it's like, like it'd be like it'd be like it'd be like kaigen or something <laughs> kurgan wedgwood <laughs> i hope it is uh that would be great um, thank you, everybody, for the comments. Again, if you want to leave a comment and be a part of next week's show, and why wouldn't you? All you have to do is download the Athletic app, become a subscriber, which you can right now. Um, what's what's that? Uh, Theathletic.com slash hockey show gets you in for $1 a month for six months. Oh, yes. That's our best deal oh, of the yes. year. Uh, so go do that. Download the app. Subscribe with that deal at theathletic.com slash hockey show, and then... All you have to do is find your way to the comment section. Super easy. I can't wait until we actually fix the comment section. We're going to have to start. That's how we're going to open the show. It's just play when the comment like. section's fixed. The hallelujah oh my God, theme just or have like, is, like, Yeah, right. Have like audio of. <laughs> trumpets going. Da, 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 da. Of, 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 party, of party favors and fireworks. <laughs> like, congratulations. If you have an iPhone, you can leave a comment on the athletic podcast section. I'm sure the New York Times is just number one in line. They're, no, they told they're, me. they're like, okay, oh, we got, here's what we got to get to work on now that we own this fine company. That's actually move number two. Mm. Um, move number one is is I'm <laughs> I'm putting together an op-ed and I'm mm-hmm. going to keep the subject to myself. But they've that's great. They, they like the way I think and they want me to they want me to be a part of that. That's part well, of that congratulations. Um, I hadn't heard that. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd mentioned the athletic audio plus on apple podcasts which sean and i occasionally do when we do our mount rushmore's of whatever because that's how we prepare for it um this week actual pros ian mendez and Haley salvian who are just so good at their job so good oh man let's just take a moment to appreciate just how well they what do you what do you what do you think they talked about well how would anyone know 
Maybe you can they, listen to that. You can listen to these in the athletic podcasting section. You do not. If you subscribe, you can listen to them. Okay. In our of app. Of course you can. I, I knew that. Start yeah, with a 30-day free trial that it's 99 <laughs> cents a month after that. That's Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts. Um, and we've got the show returns tomorrow. John Vogel is going to join Rob Pizzo, Sarah Sivian, and Jesse Granger, I'm assuming, to expand on the Jack Eichel conversation. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys, what, what do you think those guys are going to talk about? They can't use, we already talked about the fan response, can't use that, guys, so. Hear that? Hear yeah, that, Siv? Siv? Figure something else out. Gotta ask a different cause, question, because we already... Because the flag has been planted. <laughs> That's like when we. That's like when Corey Provin had the Friday show, and we still oh, we, compl- we did a oh, whole show just, about his he piece. Was, <laughs> he was so mad. Uh. Yeah, we should. Uh, you can uh, in in two weeks. Our show is going to be the uh, prospects that could move at the deadline. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. It was great to be back. I, I said it like I was going to say something else, but I'm not. I thought you would, Sean. I thought maybe you would. Oh no, no, I just uh, whatever. Okay. Bye.